Hello, good morning, my name is Jonathan and thanks for joining me on today's episode of EV Brief. On today's show I get behind the wheel of the new Hyundai Kona Electric, recap Tesla's Autonomy Investment Day, look at job stats in the renewable sector in Australia, see how Google Maps is helping EV owners in the US and UK, and talk about the MG EZS. So, recently I had the opportunity to take Hyundai's new Kona Electric for a drive and uh, here's a spoiler, I came away seriously impressed. Uh, But let's clear out the elephants in the room first and then I'll tell you why I really love this car. Um, Firstly, price. Look, I've, I've lost count of the number of people who say to me that electric cars are expensive. Yes, they are. Uh, Given that the average price for a vehicle in Australia, I think, is around about $30,000. But new technology is always going to be expensive, and the Kona is not aimed at the average buyer. Uh, No, the the Kona would be best suited to early adopters of technology and businesses and governments looking to reduce their vehicles' uh, overall fleet emissions or, or send a message that they care about the environment. And certainly in terms of private buyers, you've seen a lot of people excited about uh, this vehicle and they're the sort of people who've always bought the first of a, of a new model. Now the Elite model uh, starts at around $60,000 and offers a decent list of standard equipment including things like uh, advanced safety tech, AEB, active cruise control, rear cross traffic alert and the like. Um, there's also a DAB radio, proximity key, leather seats and uh, Android Auto, Apple CarPlay. $5,000 gets you uh, into the Highlander grade, which includes everything I've mentioned above, plus LED lights all around, a sunroof, heated ventilated seats, heads-up display, front parking sensors, and more and more. Uh, So we're we're talking around $65,000 for the entry-level model, that's Australian dollars I might add, and around $70,000 for the Highlander spec on the road. Uh, That's a lot more than the uh, petrol variant Kona, but uh, the cars do offer a higher level of standard equipment than, uh, say, a base model C-Class or Audi A4 for for similar money. Unfortunately, when you jump into the cabin of this circa $70,000 car, it it just doesn't feel special. It feels like a $30,000 Hyundai. Uh, yes, the seats are pretty comfy and there's a nice uh, silvery plastic uh, on the dash and on the buttons. Uh, and look, the ergonomics are actually feeling more like a Volkswagen Audi product, which is great. Uh, but there are hard plastics everywhere. There are scratchy surfaces. Um, I'm, I'm just not liking that uh, for, for the price. Um, In terms of the good design look, there are some nice elements. There's no transmission tunnel, so Hyundai has created this nice center console bridge that contains the transmission controls, handbrake, cup holders uh, with storage underneath. This leads up to a climate control system and a tablet-style screen, uh, similar to the Audi Q5 and Mercedes GLC. Um, Happily, the interior disappointments, though, are less of an issue when hustling this thing along because it is pretty fun to drive. Uh, yes, it's got quite a soft suspension setup, but uh, good damping and a low center of gravity thanks to the battery pack in the bottom of the chassis mean that it rides really well. Um, this is a smooth, comfortable, small family SUV that also happens to have 150 kilowatts and crucially 395 newton meters as soon as your foot touches the uh, the accelerator. 
So yes, look, that means there is a fair bit of torque steer as the front wheels try and deal with all that twisting force. But, you know, this car isn't trying to be a Porsche Macan. Um, there's, there's plenty of punch at highway speeds, though. And as someone who does a lot of highway driving, I'd be more than happy to while away the kilometers in a Kona Electric. Um, it's got a 64 kilowatt hour battery pack and a uh, WLTP rated range of 449 kilometers, which is really just outstanding. Uh, Hyundai has really done their uh, their diligence with this one and made an efficient uh, system in the vehicle. On my 30 minute drive, um, there was nothing to suggest that a range of around 400 kilometers uh, wouldn't have been achievable, even with bouts of heavy, heavy acceleration and the use of sport mode as well. Um, as you hustle along, it makes an almost comforting spaceship whoosh, which is a little bit um, disconcerting at first, but it's 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 nice. It, it grew on me, and it kind of just reminds you that you're being propelled by something uh, futuristic and some pretty advanced tech. Um, when it comes time to slow down from the highway speeds, the brakes, uh, look, they don't offer a huge amount of progression or pedal feel, but they're very effective. Um, I also like how Hyundai has kept the gear change paddles, um, but assigned the functions um, to control regenerative braking to these paddles. Um, personally, I'd be happy to set it at max and not have it so instantly adjustable with different grades of, of uh, regeneration. But look, it's great that Hyundai is making a big deal about this function and hoping that um, they're beginning to teach drivers about how electric vehicles differ from internal combustion uh, engine vehicles. Because if you, if you hold the left paddle, it will bring you to a complete stop, um, which is really cool. Uh, so with a little bit of forward looking while you're driving, you can almost entirely avoid using the brake pedal. Um, in terms of cabin uh, noise, NVH, look, it's uh, dampened quite well. Um, but with uh, all electric cars, it's pretty hard to judge noise, um, vibration, etc., because there's no internal combustion engine to mask the tire noise and various trim squeaks, etc. So I'd say, look, it's comparable with uh, other electric vehicles. So, yeah, look, this car is expensive, but it's one of the best mainstream EV offerings ever to hit the Australian market, in my opinion. And it looks good, or at least it doesn't look like your stereotypical weird electric car. It's got those kind of upside down uh, Hyundai headlights that we're now familiar with in the standard Kona. Um, it's got a decent range, a decent punch, and it's got refinement. Uh, Hyundai offers a five-year warranty and an eight-year battery warranty for peace of mind. Uh, so credit to Hyundai. Uh, the more manufacturers going all in on electric is uh, only going to be a good thing uh, in the end for customers. Now, it uh, wouldn't be an electric vehicle podcast without some Tesla news. And on Monday, the 22nd of April, Tesla Motors held its Autonomy Investment Day in Palo Alto. Uh, hosted by Elon Musk and Tesla's VP of Autopilot Engineering, Pete Bannon, and featuring other senior Tesla staff, there were a number of new announcements. Firstly, Tesla has been making improvements on its own computer for FSD or full self-driving. Tesla says their autonomous driving software is currently in production and will be available in future over-the-air updates for customers. Neural network accelerators in Tesla's new chip can process 2,100 frames per second of images from the eight cameras on each vehicle. Pete Bannon said this is the equivalent of 2.5 billion pixels per second. The second part of the artificial intelligence uh, is the vision learning or data analysis of everything gathered through the car's systems and cameras. 
uh, Andridge Kapathy, uh, Tesla's senior director of AI, explained in a presentation that all the data collected by drivers uh, driving on new roads is fed to Tesla's AI computer system to keep training the autopilot system. He likened using this data to train the vehicle's autopilot system to training a human brain to drive. Uh, and this is truly one of the more remarkable uh, parts of the, uh, the presentation, because as we know, that one of the biggest issues with machine learning is actually updating the data uh, in real time. If Tesla has a way to do it through its customers, then this is really game-changing. Uh, Elon Musk also announced more details on Tesla's rideshare concept and its app. Uh, Musk stated that he is very confident that the robot taxis will be in operation in some form next year, 2020. Uh, Tesla will offer an Uber-like app. We saw a brief kind of uh, artistic impression or mock-up of that. And owners can add their vehicle to the taxi network. Uh, owners can choose who has access to their cars, and the example given showed the ability to permit access to friends or social media friends only, and not the general public. A Tesla will pocket 20-30% to 30 of the takings, and autonomous Tesla vehicles are not permitted to be used on any other rideshare network. Now on to Audi. Last week I was talking about Audi's new e-tron SUV and the discussion around its limited range for the 95kWh battery pack it has fitted. The e-tron has stayed in the news this week. Thanks to Trevor for reaching out on Twitter about some production issues uh, Audi has currently facing. The e-tron uh, is manufactured in Audi's Brussels plant as um, many of us know and the Brussels Times reports that Audi uh, has cut production by two hours a day uh, as of uh, last week and plans to cut production to four days a week in light of battery shortages from LG Chem's Polish battery plant. Inside EVs brings us a separate story that uh, employees at Audi's Gyor Hungary plant are also striking, which is affecting production of the e-tron's motors. Uh, all of this demonstrates how complicated the assembly of modern vehicles is with components coming from all over the world to, to build this new vehicle. While uh, Audi will not comment on any production issues, the, the lead time on the e-tron from order to delivery has extended to six months in, in Europe. Uh, despite a lot of uh, the internet making a big deal of this delay, the time period seems to be pretty regular for many new models, uh, electric or internal combustion, as manufacturers try to meet the challenges of producing an all-new model. Uh, we'll keep you posted on more information about the e-tron as it comes out. The Sydney Morning Herald brings news that jobs in large-scale solar farms have overtaken the hydro sector for the first time and have also helped push up employment in the renewables sector. Numbers from the Australian Bureau of Statistics show that there were almost 18,000 full-time equivalent jobs in the Australian renewables sector in 2017-18, up 28% from 2016-17. Now The Verge is reporting that users of Google Maps in the US and UK can now see where electric vehicle charge points are located and also whether they're currently in use. Drivers who charge via the EVgo, ChargeMaster and SEMA Connect infrastructure uh, will be able to see whether a charger is in use before arriving. Unfortunately, Tesla superchargers, while listed on Google Maps, do not currently display real-time charging information. Uh, however, Tesla's built-in mapping software already includes this information for Tesla owners and can navigate uh, via superchargers. The MGEZS 
Now, Go Auto is reporting that uh, MG will be bringing this small crossover to Australia and it uh, will make it the first Chinese EV on sale in Australia um, when it comes here within the next 12 months. Now, it's based on the MG ZS, so it will look kind of familiar. Um, no uh, standard equipment information yet, but we're looking at a 44.5 kilowatt hour battery a range of around 335 kilometers. Uh, now that's on the old NEDC test protocol. So again, don't have firm WLTP figures yet, um, but we're looking at 110 kilowatts, 350 newton meters. And uh, yeah, look, if it does come in around that $30,000 price point, it's gonna be a bit of a game changer for electric vehicles and will certainly make them more accessible. Uh, currently the cheapest electric uh, car available in Australia is Hyundai's uh, Ionic for about $44,990, I believe. And that is the show for today. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back uh, next week. If you like the show, please leave a review. That would mean a lot to me. And uh, please subscribe so you never miss a podcast. If you want to get in touch, always welcome feedback uh, and questions and comments. You can contact me at theevbrief at gmail.com or message me on Twitter at EV Brief Podcast. Thank you. Bye for now.